0: Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew, I'm the lead pastor, and we're so glad you could join us from wherever you're watching or listening from here today. If is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're gonna donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, we put a bow on Romans today. We're wrapping up chapter four, and we're gonna say so long, right? At least, at least for right now. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in Paul's letter after the holidays. It's been a great journey, though. Uh, I don't know about you, but this teaching series has encouraged me. It's built my faith, man. It's sharpened me. It's corrected me. Honestly, I think it's good for our church. Romans is going to really help us, as a church community, be where we need to be. And I'm excited for you know what God's gonna give continue to do through us as we get back into this teaching series later on in early 2024. Uh, Well, we we left off last time with, with Abraham, and Paul brings the greatest of the famed patriarchs into the picture at the start of Romans 4. And we learned about the importance of believing before changing our behavior. And probably the biggest takeaway from last week's message was that God credited not Abraham's obedience, okay, but his faith, his belief, as righteous. Paul makes it a a point in in verse number 10 to show that Abraham had faith that was credited as righteousness before he was circumcised as evidence that Abraham believed even before he obeyed. Now, why is this so important? Because Christianity isn't about doing things for God and checking off lists and following every single rule. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy. It's about having belief and faith and a walk with God, which then seals our behavior. I I believe first, and then because of that belief, I change how I live. I, I don't get my act together and change first. That's religion. No, I believe, and because I have relationship, I change. Now, So with that in mind, let's just keep moving through the chapter and pick up with verse number 13. Romans chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says this. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Now, this is what Paul has been really building towards, speaking about in between the lines here so far, but now he plainly just kind of spells it out for you. Look at verse 14. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless, for the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith, and it's given as a free gift. And we're all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's, that's really key right there, okay. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Remember earlier in chapter four, Paul makes it a point that and it's a pretty big claim at the time that Abraham is not just the father of the Jewish people, but of everybody who has faith. continues. That's what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. And this happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now, if you grew up in a Pentecostal, charismatic background, you've heard this verse too many times to count, I'm sure. Just know, this is not something that we can do. It's not in our power to bring something out of nothing. This is what God does. He brings things into existence which did not previously exist before. Righteousness depends on faith. It rests on grace. And it's guaranteed for everyone who believes. So because they're uh, the, the grouped us together as Abraham's kids, he's the father of all who believe, Paul says, it means this, that God's promises are for us too. And so when God tells Abraham what he's gonna do, when he gives him those promises, Abraham believes. And I can't help but think to ask this question of us today. What are you believing God for? I think we should be believing in God for some big things. Big things for our church, for our families, for our lives. But often what holds us back is our current condition or the situation that we find ourselves in. And I just want you to know today that if you want the faith to dream bigger, you have to believe that God is bigger than your situation. Think about Abraham's situation for a moment. He was a a childless man with a wife who couldn't have kids in an era where everything was tied to your your, your heir, right? Status, inheritance, legacy, all that revolved around having a male heir things were just really hopeless for Abraham. His name and legacy would die with him. You can read Abraham's story starting in Genesis 12, but God first calls him to leave for a land that he'll show him. Abraham's nephew Lot, he goes with them and then they have have a separation. Then we get to the end of Genesis 14, and Abraham gives a tithe to the Lord through a priest named Melchizedek. Now, why is that significant? What happens before, there is any law, which is why, like, when we teach on giving at Radiant Church, I mean, I don't teach about tithing as some kind of statute from the Old Testament law. It actually predates the law itself. We'll talk about this later this year when we get into a teaching series that is focused on legacy. But I do want to say this. I I don't believe it's a coincidence either that Abraham first believes God, that's faith, right, which leads to his obedience, that's changing behavior in how he lives, and then he gives God a part of his income, in this case, is spoils from war. That shows what? His heart is fully devoted to the Lord. Money grips us like nothing else. It's, it's one of the reasons God challenges us to give. Does he have your heart or does a love, notice I said love, right? A love of money have it. And then what happens? Well, after Abram has believed God through faith, which turns to obedience, and then shown his devotion by giving a portion of his wealth, then God gives him the dream. He unleashes a dream which only Abraham was able to live out and experience because he's fully and completely devoted to the Lord. And I want to show you that. Genesis 15 verse number one. Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and he said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I'll protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, "Well, o sovereign Lord, what, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son since you've given me no children. Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, he's going to inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Now, isn't it interesting how we throw excuses up up at God when he's speaking to us? (laughs) Moses has all the reasons why he can't go to Egypt. Abraham says he's childless. God gives us a word, and then what do we do with the Lord? We tell him, like, I can't do it. (laughs) Verse 4. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own, will be your heir now what's God doing here he's speaking something into existence he's creating something that's not there yet all right he says this then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him look up into the sky count the stars if you can that's how many descendants you will have and Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as what as righteous because of obedience no faith after this vision God will do something else too. He'll change Abram's name, which means exalted father, he was powerful, he was wealthy, to Abraham, which means father of many. Can I just tell you today, that when God sets you free from sin, when he unleashes power into your life, when he reveals a defining dream, he changes you, he fashions you, he molds you, he sharpens you into the person he designed you to be to step into the dream and live it out. But are you listening to the voice of God? Is God speaking to you like he was with Abraham? Are you giving God room to speak? I think sometimes when we speak to God, we just do all the talking and as a result, we're not giving room for God to really say anything. Like maybe he'll have a promise for you if you would stop and listen. If you just give him room. Now when we're having a you know, faith to dream bigger, you have to recognize that God's bigger than your situation. You better be prepared, man, in that, in that, in that whole scenario to wait. Why? Because God's not on our time. (laughs) Abraham doesn't receive this promise until a full 25 years later after the vision. He's about 100 when God gives him this promise, but he's about 125 when Isaac is born. So it may take a decade or a month or a lifetime, man, for God to carry out his promise, and you have to be okay with that. You can't rush it. You can't get discouraged. Your job is is not to be fruitful. I know we're all results-oriented, but that's not how God works. Your job is to be faithful. And then be faithful some more. And faithful a little bit more. Be faithful, 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 faithful until one day when God's timing is right, fruitful. Now let's head back to Romans 4. Look at verse number 16 and 17 one more time. So the promise is received by faith, and it's given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe, and that is what the Scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. And this happened because Abraham believed in God, who brings the dead back to life, and who creates new things out of nothing. If you're going to dream bigger, it all depends on the tenacity of your faith. No one may believe you, no one may understand you, but when you have a word from God, whoo, when you have a word from God, right, like you walk in that faith as if it's already happened. One of the pastors I worked for, who's an overseer here at Radiant Church, he lives his life this way, and I've never seen anybody else live quite like him. He'll receive a word or a dream from the Lord, and he just walks in it, you know. We're all like, Pastor, you don't know what's going to happen. to get these resources and that people and these contracts and he's like yeah yeah I know but it's going to work. It's going to work because we're going to do it like this it's going to be ready on the day that it needs to be ready and it's going to impact all kinds of different people. He just sees it and he walks in the dream without having all the details or worrying about the details. Why? Because he believes God. As you walk in faith God gives life to what was once dead and he brings into existence what wasn't. You think your marriage is dead, but God can restore it. You think your relationship with your kids is severed for good, but God can repair it. You think your hope is crushed, your joy is gone, your purpose is fleeting, but God can and God will breathe life again. And if you walk in faith and trust in Him to see through what He started within you, you will have the privilege not just to dream bigger, but live the dream. God can, God will, God is able, the God of Abraham, the God of Paul, the God we read and learn about, He is a God of what? Of promise. Come on, this will preach all by itself right here. You're shouting in the car. I can hear you. And he wants to speak a word of promise into your life if you'll listen, if you'll walk in faith and stick with the Lord. The problem for some of us, man, is we just don't slow down enough, man. Like you don't get alone, alone with Jesus to really experience him. And you've got to make the effort to do that. It's like being married with kids. Like you're married to kids, you high five your spouse on the way out the door, right? You get to the next thing with the next kid. When you have kids, you have to find alternative ways to connect with your spouse, right? I mean, you don't want a roommate. So what do you do? Well, babysitters in 2023 are like outrageous. I mean, sorry to all babysitters out there, but you guys charge an insane amount of money. <laughs> so that means you have to do what? You intentionally build a bunch of small moments. You build in a game night when the kids are asleep or time on the back porch to catch up or a breakfast date when they're off to school. Like you guys have to figure out how to make time. We well, got to do the same thing with Jesus. Every stage of life is different, but whatever stage you find yourself in, you need that time to hear from the Lord. You need a, that time in and prayer and in God's Word. Why? Because perhaps, perhaps, the most common way the Lord communicates with us is through His Word. But He also communicates prophetically through a dream or a vision, like with Abraham or another individual. The bottom line is this, man, I'm telling you here today, God has a Word for you. And so if you're struggling, if you need a career change, if you're lonely, if things are kind of, even if they're going great for you, God has a Word for you. When he speaks, when you receive that promise, others are not gonna necessarily jump on the bandwagon here. Like, you'll hit landmines. Things won't look like they're happening quickly if they look like they're happening at all. Your spouse who was on board at one point, they may not be on board anymore. But you've gotta keep holding on. You gotta pull that, pull that journey playbook out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Don't stop believing. Nothing, nothing should deter us from our faith. Look at verse 18. Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good and dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Like, Paul don't miss words here. Abraham, you were old, buddy. That's what Paul's saying. <laughs> that's what Paul's saying. Uh, I love his language, though, man, because even, even Abraham had no reason to hope but he kept going. He kept believing. Nothing stopped him from believing because he had faith in the word of the Lord who always keeps his promises. Sarah, dude, she gave up. She comes back to Abraham later and says, hey, here's my servant Hagar. Sleep with her. We ain't getting any younger here, okay? We're going to do this thing ourselves. We're going to help God out. That's another message for another day right there. But it's a great takeaway of how God keeps his promises even in the midst of our own mistakes and our own stupidity. But there's a lesson there, too, beyond just that. Don't bring your word to God. You let God bring his word to you. We say things like, hey, I prayed and didn't hear anything. I didn't hear a no, so I'm good. Let's go. But that's not a green light, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a famous saying that kind of goes like this. It's hard to hear God when you've already decided what you want him to say. Abraham let God bring his word, hey, you'll have a son, and he believed it, even when nobody else, including his wife, was on board with him. Now look at verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able, I love that phrase, God is able, right, to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Abraham grew strong in his faith, and as he gave glory to God, he grew stronger. Some of us, when we pray, you know, like we give God reminders. We tell him what we need. We make sure he doesn't forget about the big day coming up or that situation. Instead, we should be giving glory for what God will do. Our faith and belief should be aligned with what God is going to do. It's not like, hey, God, here's my list. I need this and that, and don't forget X, Y, Z. It should be, hey, God, I give you praise today for healing me. God, I give you glory because you're good. Even if I can't see this promise right now, I'm going to give you praise and glory because I know it's coming. Ephesians 3.20 says this, we give glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Abraham was convinced that God was able even before he saw the promise fulfilled. He had a mindset that said, "Even if I never see it, I believe it." it reminds me so much of of the author of Hebrews, Hebrews 11. The author says this about the heroes who had great faith. In Hebrews 11:13, he says, "All these people." Abraham, Moses, David, right? They all died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They saw glimpses. Abraham only saw Isaac. He didn't see an entire nation of people in his lifetime, but he believed God's promise. David never saw the Messiah, but he believed God's promise that his line would never end. Moses never saw the promised land, at least not fully. He kind of saw it from a distance, but he believed God's promise to Israel. I, I think part of having the faith to dream bigger is having the ability to see what God has promised and to walk in that promise and be perfectly at peace knowing you may not physically ever see it in this lifetime. Have the attitude that says even if I never see it, I believe it. Look at verse 23. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. It's not just about Abraham. Paul wants to make it clear God's promises are also about you because Abraham's story is for your benefit so if you place your faith in Christ you too are counted as righteous and a recipient of God's promises the same God who made a promise to Abraham has a promise for you too he's calling some dead things back to life He's speaking things into existence over you that you don't even know about yet. He sees your brokenness. He knows He can heal it. He sees your pain. He knows He can bring you peace. God has a word for you. Can I tell you one of the reasons you need to be in a group this fall if you're local here at Radiant Church, one of the reasons you should be connected to a, a church community is because God sometimes brings a word through the people of God as well. My wife and I have been in pastoral ministry now for 15 years, and when you're in ministry that long, you haven't seen everything or experienced everything, for sure. But I'm going to tell you, you've seen a good bit. <laughs> you've experienced a lot. In our first staff position as a married couple, i had been on staff while we were dating and engaged at a church in Columbia but our first one as a married couple was in Nashville. And on paper, that was a better church than the one in South Georgia that ran almost a thousand people. But we didn't have a piece about that church. So God gave us a piece about Nashville. And you would think that it would have been smooth sailing for us, right? But the three worst years of our lives were spent in the Music City. I mean, we made great friends. You have great friendships still today, but we had a miserable ministry experience. During a personal 21 days of prayer, the church we are on staff at wasn't doing a full 21. They had a week of prayer, but we were, I was doing 21. Uh, it was January, and I came home and I told Shana, hey, I got a word from God. He's going to transition us to the next phase of our lives and ministry later this year. Now, I had no opportunities, just a word from God. But a few months later, we had three offers from three different churches. So, you know, we turned one down, just flat out, and we had to decide between two others, which were going to be both back home in South Carolina and the Low Country down by the coast. And the first was a, a campus pastor position. I remember feeling really sick to my stomach. I was, like on the verge of tears that weekend we visited that church, and Shana was asking what was wrong, and I told her that I, I really wanted the other church to work out, but I couldn't escape the pool here. I, I didn't want the position, I didn't want the campus, but it was, it was something that we, we were supposed to be here, and she had the exact same piece. So we turned down the other church and accepted the campus pastor role. What we didn't know was that God would give us six of the best years we've ever experienced in our personal lives and the ministry that God had for us. We were content, we were happy, we felt like we were home, and then God pulled us again in a different direction to where we are here today the plant Radiant Church in Seneca. And we made that move because we had a peace about what God was doing. But we also had a word from the Lord. We actually had two words from the Lord. The first one came from a longtime member of of the church we had pastored in the Charleston area. And he told me, he said this, you feel like God has prepared you your whole life for this next assignment, but he wants you to know that everything he's done in the last six years at this church has prepared you for what's going to lie ahead. And the second word I actually can't share right now because it hasn't happened yet. There's a few things that need to take place, but one day I, I believe it, and I will share that word with you when, when, when things come to pass. Can I just tell you this, that we've experienced some of the toughest years in our family since following God's call and leading the Plant Radiant Church, but we know that God has a word. He has a word for us. He has a word for this church. He's bringing dead things back to life. He's speaking things into existence which don't speak yet. We are walking in faith in a vision and dream that we cannot see physically yet, but we believe God's word and we see it by faith. When you aren't sure what to do or where to go, you pray for God's peace and guidance. You do that. You pray for that word and the question i want to ask you before we wrap up here today is simply this what are you believing god for he has a word for you today he has a promise for you have that faith like abraham to dream bigger and believe in what god has in store for you what are you believing god For. Can I pray for you today? God, thank you for all those who are watching and listening right now. Some are, are at home, some are driving, some are working out, but Lord, it doesn't matter what they're doing and where they are, I know, God, you have a word for them. I know, Lord, this message today was not by accident. They listen to the podcast, they're watching online for a reason, for a purpose, and you are speaking to them right now. And I pray, God, that their hearts are open to receive the word you have for them. God, may they have the faith of Abraham to, to believe it, even when they can't see it, to keep going, God, never to give up. There's going to be hard moments and hard times that come. May nothing deter them from their faith, God, when they know that whatever situation they find themselves in, you are bigger, God. You are bigger. That dream you've planted inside of them, the vision you've given them, God, the heart they have, Lord, it is greater and bigger than what they're facing. I pray, Lord, you would give them a, a great support system of folks who will come around them and alongside them and help them to uh, carry out the dream you've given to them, God. Help encourage them, Lord. Help, help equip them. I, I pray, Lord, that when those times get tough and, and, and people just want to throw the towel in, they just kind of want to quit. May you just instill fire inside of them. Remind them, Holy Spirit, of the Word you have for them, of the promise, God, that is theirs. May they live and walk in the faith that you will keep your Word and keep your promise, and God, may they have that faith that says, I know God will see it through to completion. Even if I never see it physically, I know He's going to see it through. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in their hearts, their lives, for the dreams that you have for these individuals. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or like what you heard today subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to we hope you have an amazing rest of your day